to Bick and the Boss on the official home of the Canucks. Dinky Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net. Sportsnet 650. Free agent frenzy continues as Bick and the Boss rolls along. Craig McEwen, Joey Kenward, subbing in for Bick Nazar, who, of course, has been working with Jamie Dodd this week, filling in on the Rintoul and Sermon show. I'm surprised, you know, Scott and Karen would want to take time off. Uh, I'm surprised you, know, you allowed them to have time I off. I mean, this is big, big news. Big news by the Canucks. Uh, lots of moves. And we just heard from the general manager, Jim Benning, explaining, you know, what was going on. And, and you know, basically uh, wanted the team to get faster. Younger, more physical on the back end, and uh, you know he's he's really excited for the start of this hockey season. And, and what a makeover! Uh, Jim Benning talked about being aggressive, and whether you like what he's done or don't like what he's done, at least he lived up to that part of it. Because you know what did, what did he suggest? There's 16 new players in here in the last 10 days. There'll be seven new players on the team. Lots that they're going to have to accomplish in training camp and preseason to to get the group together as one cohesive unit. It's been a long time since this organization has had that big a makeover from one season to the next. Um, and a, a slew more money to be spent as well. And I know you touched on it, a lot of the, the overall aspects that the GM mentioned he wanted to accomplish, turn the team over, bring in the new top nine forwards, uh, bring in an established top end defenseman, get younger, get faster. But maybe most importantly, when you have to sign at the same time two cornerstone core pieces at the same time in both Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes you needed that cap flexibility there there were a lot of balls to be juggling in the air here for Benning and management like a lot way more probably than at any time since he's come in and taken over this role um but it comes at a time where he's not the only one Craig and I know the focus here is Canucks but look around the league we just had over the 100th free agent signing since this window opened. Craig, there's been more than $616 million spent by NHL owners. That's a lot of dough. And and I, I the spending's only going to continue. There's still a lot of big names out there that have yet to sign on the dotted line. There's been a ton of goalies moved. Um, it's going to stop eventually, but I wasn't expecting. Were you expecting it to be this crazy a day, transactions wise? No, the, the volume and the and the amount of money. It's listen. It's like what we had to pay Don Taylor back in the day at Sportsnet <laughs> yes. TV. The the six hundred million bucks. Yeah, crazy, crazy um, morning, and it, it continues here into the afternoon uh, on the Dunbar Lumber text inbox six fifty six fifty. C Mac and Kenward. Good God, is there room in there for your pom poms? That one from Steve in Vancouver, obviously suggesting that we're cheering on the team. And uh, from Jason, the goal, uh, the killer goalie. Isn't it time that players such as Horvat, Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, and Demko become the leaders of the Canucks? Time to uh, move on from the babysitter mindset. Yes, it is time for them. And and I think when we suggested that Sutter was a leader, you know, your leadership group is more than one person. Your leadership group is the core of your team. And those young guys are a great core for the Canucks and are the leaders of this club, you know, moving forward. It doesn't just fall to the old guard. No, and when you think about it, like Bo Horvat, he's played more than 500 games in the league. I don't necessarily consider him to be an old-timer inside that locker room, right? 26 years old. 
but he is the, the, the key core leader of this young core group, right? And they've gotten younger around him where he's probably going to come to training camp in Abbotsford and go, well, maybe I am turning into an old guy, <laughs> right? There's going to be a lot of new faces for him to get, uh, get used to playing with day in and day out. Yeah. And hopefully a little more offensive freedom now that uh, Dickinson is in the fold. And Jim Benning said that that's a priority for him to get that contract done. Well, as Pedersen Hughes and Yul Levy. Uh, pleasure now to, to welcome my good buddy from Winnipeg, uh, Jamie Thomas, radio color analyst for the Jets. And, uh, Jamie, uh, we need the scouting report on Tucker Pullman. Strengths, weaknesses, what does he have to improve on? Like, what have the Canucks got themselves into by bringing this guy west? Uh, you've taken another defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets. So appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, listen, Tucker Pullman, great skater. Uh, I think an underrated defender in some aspects. Didn't have uh, enough ice time this year because – when the Jets started training camp, it was automatically assumed that it was going to be Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello as the top pairing, and then Paul Maurice threw a curveball at all of us and put Tucker Pullman on the right side. Um, Tucker got COVID last year, and that kind of slowed down things for him in the opening part of the year. But, guys, you're going to love his skating. He likes to take chances offensively. Whether or not the coaching staff's okay with that, we'll have to see uh, in Vancouver. But, uh, again, great skater, very good. has kind of an offensive side to him as well and an underrated defender, in my opinion. So it's, I, I think, you know, the, the, clearly with the moves that the Jets made, the Tucker Pullman's time in Winnipeg had run out. And um, so it's good. I'm, I'm really happy for him. He's a great guy, great kid. I think the Canucks are going to be happy to have him. I mean, you mentioned the fact that he was hit with the COVID bug uh, this past yeah. season. He had a serious, and I mean, one of the worst injuries we've seen in a long yeah. time was when he took a, a shot to the face uh, yeah. the previous season. And then you mentioned the fact that, maybe time ran out with all that he's experienced as a player mm -hmm. on a team that's had pretty good success. Is this maybe a good time for a fresh start as far as him as an individual is concerned? Yeah. Joey, I, I don't think you could put it any better, right? I just like, it's how many times is a guy that's been highly you know thought of within the organization, you know, just keeps running into the depth part of the, the Jets didn't have that with the last couple of years. So Tucker Pullman got to do, you know, got to show what he could do. And I could arguably argue with you that he was their best player in that qualifying round series against the Calgary flames in the four games. He was one of their better players. So that I think was why Paul Maurice put him into the situation to start with Josh Morrissey, the top defense pairing to start the year. Um, and then just things didn't work out the way they should have. And your time kind of runs out. You, you want a little bit more money, uh, you've played a couple of years now in the league and kind of proven yourself. And uh, I, I don't blame Tucker Bullman for taking the money that he got from Vancouver. Um, and this, I, I totally agree with you. This is a great time for him to go someplace else, get a fresh start. And I know we use that term a lot when somebody signs an, you know, a free agent contract someplace else. But I think this is the right time for Tucker Pullman. Yeah, and Jamie, you've been around the game of hockey for a long time. Uh, pairing yep. someone up that compliments him, that, that works a certain way. You know, the Canucks have made moves on their coaching staff uh, with Brad Shaw coming in, who could obviously help. It's it, it, somewhat of a defensive whisperer, they said, in Columbus. So there's there's lots on that, isn't there? When you, you change teams, not only is it a fresh start, but the pairing and matching up with someone that compliments you on the other side of the ice is also just as important, isn't it, for a, a guy like Pullman? Yeah, and being with Josh Morrissey allowed him that opportunity, right? You have your arguably your best defenseman in Josh Morrissey, 
uh, with Tucker Pullman. I think that, you know, clearly you're going to go up against the other team's best most nights in that situation. Although Derek Forbert and Neil Pionk handled a lot of that responsibility throughout the, this past season. But I think he can do, he can do both. And, the, you know, you can never have enough smooth skating defense. And he's great at moving the puck as well. Um, and just, again, a great guy to have in the dressing room. Doesn't speak up a whole lot. Kind of a quiet guy, but I think the, the Canucks players and the organization themselves have a good guy and a great player. Jamie Thomas, our guest from the Winnipeg Jets broadcast family, joining me, Joey Kenward, and Craig McEwen here on Sportsnet 650. All right, uh, a Jet comes to the Canucks blue line. A Vancouver defenseman heads to Winnipeg. <laughs> what a weird week it's been in the, the case of Nate Schmidt. You go back a couple of days, and the thought of him going to Winnipeg was a complete zero. And then yesterday, yeah. it's a trade. Uh, what was the yeah. reaction fans in, in Manitoba had when they found out that, that Schmidt was indeed coming to, to the Jets? Well, if it's the Nate Schmidt that tortured the Jets in the 2018 conference final, I think Jets fans will be thrilled, right? And, I, and he touched on it. I think anybody from last year, I think we can give a pass, considering everything that all the players went through, not knowing when the season was going to start, hard to figure out how you're going to you figure out your work, workout plan to get to the year, and then having to deal with all the COVID restrictions and, and the like. I think we can at this point, give everybody a pass. So uh, Jets fans are thrilled. Um, you know, the, the big thing here right now is where Billy Hanlon is going to fit in this whole thing. And guys, we've talked about this. Every fan base has that one prospect that everybody thinks should be in, 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 in the NHL. Well, that's allowing the Jets to give Billy Hanlon some more time to develop. Um, so Smith's going to fit in nicely. You know, he can play both sides. Uh, it looks like he'll either, you know, you look at it and you try and look, pencil him in where he's going to fit in does he fit in with josh morrissey on the top defense pairing or does he go down on the third defense pairing with logan stanley at least paul maurice is going to have these types of options and you're not hiding your third defense pairing anymore not that i'm saying they did a lot last year but they've went out to improve their back end and they've done that so there is some excitement building here uh in the city of winnipeg of course the province of manitoba it's it's a pretty big deal what they've done in the back end and you know, you've heard a lot today about maybe the best team in Canada right now, and you, you never like hearing that in the preseason because it just kind of puts some pressure on some people. But there's a lot of – there's some optimism within the city uh, ahead of um, this upcoming NHL campaign. Now, a little bit maybe of he said, she said, we're not sure mm-hmm. who, who talked to who with Nate Schmidt yeah. and that he didn't want to go to, to Winnipeg. You know, whether his agent – relayed that information to Jim Benning as he suggests that was who the Canucks were talking to. But but bottom line, was there anything really revealing from his uh, talk today with the Winnipeg media and something that jumped out at you? And two, you know, would a guy yeah. like Stashley or someone have helped maybe say, hey, come this way, it's actually a really good place to play? Well, he started immediately off in his, his availability today, clearing things up. There wasn't a conversation at all about him coming here last year. So that, that was out of the way. And he said he did have conversations with Paul Stastny, but it wasn't so much having to talk to him. It was more talking about other players that have played for or currently are playing for Paul Maurice. And that was kind of the big sell job and the opportunity to win uh, here in Winnipeg was a big selling point as well. So guys, you know, right down in Minnesota right now, and it allows them an opportunity to go across the border and see family and family to come up and see him whenever the border opens up fully around here, but it's a great opportunity there. So I think there was more the coaching staff, the opportunity to win more so than Paul Stastny twisting his arm and convincing him over a phone call. It was, was what kind of stood out to me today. 
Jamie Schmidt wasn't the only new face coming into the Winnipeg Blue Line. Brendan Dillon uh, comes in in exchange uh, for a couple of second-round draft picks from the Washington Capitals. Um, A lot of people, I think, were surprised by what Winnipeg had to give up to bring in a Mm -hmm. 30-year-old defenseman, but he's probably the type of defenseman that Winnipeg's looking for to be able to stabilize that blue line in front of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, and I... the way last year went, like you, you have your surprising first round sweep of the Edmonton Oilers, which no one here expected. And I think you could even say that with the players and the coaching staff for the Jets. And then you have that tough next round series against Montreal where you're kind of abused. And Andrew Cobb said in, in his exit interview with the media that they need to be tougher to play against. And uh, that's what Brendan Dillon provides, right? You, you, you do need some grit back there. Montreal proved that, that in the playoffs, that helps a lot. And we all go back to 20, 2018, 19, where, you know, that mass exodus of defensemen leaving town, you lose Ben Sherrod, you lose Dustin Bufflin, you know, Tyler Myers, like those are some pretty gritty players in the whole scheme of things. And uh, they are a little smaller on the back end, especially last year too. So uh, the fact that they've added some size and some grit, uh, someone that's hard to play against, not enjoyable to go up against, uh, Nate Schmidt even talked about that too. Is like against Vegas when he was with Vegas, the forwards didn't want to play against Brendan Dillon either. So it's that's what the Jets needed. They went and got that, and you know, a couple of draft picks. Yes, two second rounders. Really, in the whole scheme of things, is that a big cost when you're trying to win right now? With a, your windows kind of closing up a little bit as Blake Wheeler gets a little bit older. Mark Shifley's contracts uh, up in three years. Connor Hellebuck's up in three years. So you want to get this stuff done now while these guys are all in their prime and. Um, those, these are the types of moves you make. So I don't think losing a couple of second round picks in the whole scheme of things, if you're trying to win the Stanley cup is that big of a loss. Yeah. So, uh, Jamie Tomming, Thomas joining us here from the Jets radio broadcast. Are they closer to, to winning the Stanley cup? I, I'm, you know, you talk about the expectation of preseason and maybe yeah. being the top team in Canada, but in yeah. your mind and what they've done and, and how active they've been, are, are they a better hockey team than the one that, that finished the uh, season? Well, now, okay, you lose Lauren Bersois. So I thought Lauren Bersois was probably as good as a backup as you're going to, you know, in, in a position that's very important. Now with Eric Comrie slash, you know, Mikhail Burden, are you able to put those guys out 20 times this year? I'm not quite sure. I've seen Eric Comrie a few times, and he's earned the opportunity to be the backup goaltender here. Uh, and financially speaking, it works with his contract. So that part, I think there's a little bit of concern in my eyes in that part of it, but they're better in their back end. They're better at defending. Connor Hellebuck's, you know, theoretically is not going to have to make 30 to 32 saves a night uh, for them to win games. And now I wonder how much Neil Pionk's going to cost to bring in. You kind of have to, you know, they haven't figured out who's going to be their fourth line center with Nate Thompson leaving for Philadelphia. And Paul Maurice wants a veteran centerman. And we all know this, like he's made this flat out clear the last two years with with your fourth line, you're, you ha- those players have to be aware of that role and they have to understand they're going to be playing between seven and 10 minutes a night. They're going to kill penalties. Um, but sometimes you're going to spend extensive period amounts of time on the bench if they're trailing or don't need to go into the scenarios. And it's very difficult to get a young player to understand that. So is David Gustafson, who was a second round pick in 2018, he was being groomed for the fourth line center job, had a great year with the Moose last year. Is he ready to come up? I think they still have to figure that out. And losing Trevor Lewis today um, is a big loss in terms of penalty killing. So they're a better team on their back end. 
but now they kind of have to figure out those bottom six uh, positions right now for me to think that they're ready to take on uh, an extremely competitive Central Division and the Western Conference itself. Yeah, no more North anymore, Jamie. No. Oh, you... gosh. Like I, <laughs> like it would have been nice to travel last year to come see you guys a lot more and they go to Vancouver a lot more than they ordinarily do. But, yeah, let's – but I'm so glad that the divisions are back to themselves. I was kind of curious that they're going to do those back-to-backs in this, in the, you know, in the cities like they did last year. But uh, I guess they chose not to do that. But yeah, guys, I've the the North Division can die a sweet death. <laughs> well, Jamie, really appreciate the time. And when you are in Van City, please do look us up. Jamie Thomas from the uh, Jets broadcast team, join us. Have a great one, and, and keep an eye on the rest of free agency because I'm sure, like most teams, the Jets aren't done. Yeah, I don't think there's some work to be done here. But I'm not speaking for Kevin Shelley off either, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, boys. See you later. Uh, Jamie uh, Thomas joining us now, and our producer Greg Ballack uh, in our ears, suggesting that uh, there's a, a big piece. Uh, Dougie Hamilton to New Jersey, the the number one, maybe right shot defenseman that was out there, Joe. And, and yep. yeah, and you talked about it the top of this segment, the top of the show, the money that's being thrown around and, and the signings that are happening, it, it's just coming fast and furious. Seven times nine. Nine million a year for Dougie Hamilton? I mean, it, it, going to New Jersey. Like, that flabbergast. I'm, I'm just shocked at some of the dollars that are being thrown out to players, the majority of which have never won a thing. You know, hey, guys are getting paid. Braden Point? Back-to-back Stanley Cups, you get your money. Yeah. You get your $9.5 per. There's a lot of guys out here that have no hardware. to. Sh- they're good players. They're excellent players. But when the chips are down, they're not able to put it over the finish line. And there's a lot of money being thrown around today, but such is why they call it the silly season, yeah. right? No, it's... Uh... I'm never going to knock someone getting paid. No, although, I'm not although, either. Although I am in management. I want to pay them <laughs> cheaply, mind you. Hey, uh, listen, I, I know we don't want to talk about Winnipeg too much, but yeah. when Jamie wrapped up, like, you look at their team, a little bit different than what Vancouver was doing here approaching free agency. They've only got one player amongst their forwards under contract that they have to sign. Yeah. And that's going to be a big and well-deserved contract coming Andrew Kopp's way. They brought back Stastny. A lot of people will say, why are you giving him just under $4 million a year at a guy who's 35? But they've got everybody else. They obviously, Kevin Cheveldayoff and, and ownership there, the Chipman family, they must feel this window is still open for them to win. And they've made some interesting additions experience-wise on the back end, bringing in Dylan and Schmidt. And they're going to give the ball again, and rightly so, to Connor Hellebuck to run with it between the pipes. Um, on paper, I agree with Jamie. Amongst all the Canadian teams, when healthy, they're the deepest. They'd be the favorites to come out of Canada, even though there's no more Canadian division. Um, but interesting how some of these teams have been able to to navigate through COVID and navigate through uh, cap security compared to others who uh, had to be big spenders here over the last 24 hours. 
uh, big movers and shakers. That would be the best way maybe to describe the Canucks over the last few days. Uh, Jordan from Saskatoon or Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650. The one knock on this team has been depth. In two short weeks, Jim Benning has transformed the team from floundering mess into a potential powerhouse. Of course, filling some of these roles with these UFAs you would love to uh, from your farm system. But now hopefully with this depth, we won't need to make trades and give up picks for players over the tenure of these players we sign hopefully we can start to keep our picks and stock our shelves so pumped for the start of the season uh go canucks go um you know jordan is excited about what jim benning has been able to accomplish here it's not going to please everyone it's not going to make everyone happy but bottom line he had to do a lot of different things move you know a lot of money around to get this to where it is now and you know we'll see once the season starts where they can go and ian mcintyre who joined us at the beginning of our program said what's most important here is the guys they haven't signed yet yeah that they have to have money available um to be able to pay elias Pettersson and quinn hughes and now who knows if those deals are going to get done in the month of july or might be happening after training camp starts i i would think it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle um but yeah, you, you had to be creative, probably more than you wanted to be, uh, shuffling the deck to make sure you had the necessary money there to pay arguably your two most important players here in the present and moving forward in the future. Yeah, and you have to protect yourself in case there is an offer sheet for Pedersen, which I don't suspect it's going to happen. You know, maybe a three out of 10 there, but he had to have the flexibility, he had to have the money to do some things, but also insulate the Canucks in case someone took a run at, at one of their best players. What's the reaction going to be like if that happens? Yeah. Like, seriously, it's I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and based on the amount of money that teams have been spending today, does anybody else have money to spend? Yeah. Right? That, that, that's a great point. Uh, Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650 from Rocket and Langley. I think the biggest signing in the Canucks this year was Brad Shaw. I'm a huge believer. Good defense creates offense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the back end comes together, what pairs are put there. There is some depth now. I, you know, am a firm believer. And Ian McIntyre raised this question with Jim Benning. You know, OEL is an upgrade for Edler. You know, Pullman would be a, probably a downgrade from Schmidt. But as a whole and as a group, you know, I, I, I don't mind what Jim Benning has done here. And it was extremely difficult because you talk about the money being paid. Defensemen are getting paid, Joe. It, it's hard to find a really good defenseman at a at a good cost. And the Canucks still needed to find some players at a, at a good price. Well, Canucks, sorry, Canucks got three of them today with NHL experience. Uh, Travis Hamannick, who they already had, but they got him back and are extending him. They got Poolman for four years, and they've got Shen, who they know all about, for two years at dollars that work for them. Uh, wanted to read, and again, keep your text messages coming into our Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. Nathan writes in, I'm the mo- most excited for what's imminent for the Canucks coming over the next few seasons as I've been since the summer the team got Luongo. Now, we're going a ways back, but when's the last time in an off-season, and ask yourself this as you listen to this question, when's the last time fans had this much hope for the future based on moves made in the summer? And you think, you know, Luongo was one move. Look at what he's turned over here of seven new players on this team and improving the forward group. And yes, the, the, the back end 
is still TBD to be determined on what they are and how good they can be. And you would suspect Quinn Hughes is going to take a step this year, will improve defensively because he needs to, and, you know, the offense will be there. Yeah, this is uh, exciting for the fans in the sense that you've gotten rid of those uh, Roussels, Beagles, you know, Louis Erickson's, they're gone, right? And to uh, to your point, uh, Mike from the West End chimes in, I'm so excited for this team and really happy with what Benning has accomplished this offseason. People will still complain. But this is so much better than enduring another year of waiting for bad contracts to expire and draft picks to develop. Yeah, and and I've said this on the radio here repeatedly over the last little bit. You know, the, the, the future is now for the Canucks. Let's not worry about what's going to happen next year or which, you know, because we haven't had in Vancouver two first-round picks for two years. They have a good core of group guys who competed and won the Calder. Like, the, the the time is now for this hockey team. The time is now for Jim Benning and Travis Green with their contract situation. And the ownership has given them the green light to go after it, where last year they didn't have that. So still more Canucks talk to come as uh, former NHLer Dixon Ward will join us next here on Bick and the Boss. It's uh, Craig McEwen and Joey Kenward, and you're listening to lots of Canucks talk on Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Bick and the Boss. Joey Kenward, Craig McEwen. Uh, before we get to Dixon Ward and some more hockey talk, let's talk about the second favorite sport for hockey players. That's golf. Hey, golfers, get a great Vancouver golf card for less. Go to discountgolfcard.ca for all the details and to order your Vancouver discount golf card today. Yeah, there'll be some uh, swings and misses here, Joe, in free agency. <laughs> like, uh, I, hopefully, people don't pump it too far left into the woods uh, and that uh, a duck hook on some of these signings. But yeah, Canucks extremely uh, active and dare I say aggressive. Yeah, um, and uh, we heard from Jim Benning in his media availability Zoom call uh, earlier in the program. He said that we're going to be signing around, you know, bringing in sixteen new players over a span of ten days. Uh, the team has just officially announced the signing of three players uh, more than likely destined to play out in the Fraser Valley. Uh, Brad Hunt, uh, Brady Keeper, and Justin Dowling. And that was a name that was not on anybody's uh, radar anywhere. Uh, played 27 games last year in the Dallas Stars organization. Uh, has played 76 career games in Dallas, uh, so he's got a two-year deal, uh, making uh, 750k. Uh, just a shade over that dollars-wise is Brady Keeper, uh, coming in a six-foot-three defenseman, and Hunt, who has uh, the most experience out of any of those players. 191 games in the league, split between Mini, Vegas, Nashville, St. Louis, and Edmonton. A Maple Ridge kid coming home uh, to be likely playing in Abbotsford, but again. Priority number one, I felt, going into uh, this busy offseason for the Canucks was to improve their depth on the blue line. They needed to improve their depth all around, but they really needed to improve depth defense, and I think they've been able to do that. But to your point, uh, when you swing for the fences, you got to make contact first, and you hope to hit a few home runs uh, with players that are able to perform uh, up to, if not above, the standard that they've set for themselves here moving forward or 300 yard drives which i know you do all the time joe i uh, try I dunbar try. lumber text inbox sterling from calgary well that interview 
will shut up all the pessimistic people on Pullman. Guy sounds like he could be a steal. That interview, of course, with Jamie Thomas from Winnipeg. Uh, Benning has done a great job, uh, underrated. He's uh, brought this team together, will challenge for a conference and be very hard out for any team they play in the playoffs. Listen, all that to be determined. Um, there's also uh, some not-so-favorable text in the uh, Dunbar-Lumber <laughs> text inbox. Uh, one of them is, uh, great job, Jim. You now lead the league with more seventh defensemen on NHL Ross than any other team. It's now bottom four in the NFL. Texter setting the bar low with the most excited he's been since Luongo. This is a depressing thought. Maybe Jim has a trade already worked out for next year's draft with his roster is guaranteed to be higher than number nine. That's from TJ. Um, you know what? People are going to rip what Jim Benning's done. People are going to applaud what Jim Benning's done. And, you know, in my humble estimation, uh, I, I'm happy with what he's accomplished here because, Joe, it's not the same as last year. It's not the insanity definition, you know, where you do the same thing. You you change things up. You bring in some better players. And, you know, the the, the hockey team, I think, will be the better for it. Uh, yeah, we posed the question earlier in the show. When's the last time you as a Canuck fan might have been this happy or excited in an off season. And we, somebody said Luongo, um, you know, there's optimists, there's pessimists. Um, I think somebody that would fall into the category of an optimistic pessimist would be Karn, the plumber who texts in last time I was this excited was when the Canucks signed Louis Erickson. <laughs> Tongue firmly in cheat. Listen, I know one guy who's not a pessimist. He's an optimist. Dixon Ward, uh, former NHL, the, the guy's always smiling. He's always looking on the bright side of life. He's got the glass half full, usually with red wine, mind you. But uh, uh, Dixon, <laughs> thank you uh, for joining us here on Bick and the Boss, Craig McEwen and Joey Kenward. Uh, your thoughts, opinions uh, on what the Canucks have done, you know, since we last chatted with you? Well, uh, they've, done, they've done a few things. I don't know impactful things they've done. I guess we won't really know. Uh, they got... You know, they got some depth. Um, I think they've improved. Uh, they have any major spot. I think, uh, I always say. Listen, Dixon, we're having a little bit of trouble with your connection there, and, and uh, we'll uh, maybe get uh, Greg Ballack to uh, try and uh, get you back Here on I'm the line. Oh, uh, yeah. Greg Ballack has actually walked away from the studio. So this is this is <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, try again. Right I moved out of my office here, so yeah, oh, you, you're, there you're you sounding go. better now, Dixon. You, you know, the, you probably said the best stuff you've said on this radio station when we couldn't hear you. But now, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think we can hear you now. I know. I said they, you know, they they've done some good things in my opinion. Not, obviously, nothing outrageous or uh, no big splashes, but uh, just looking down some of the transactions that they've made and the re-signings and bringing some guys in it. I think they're shoring up their depth, and I think that, you know, I think they're being fiscally responsible in the same sense, but uh, adding more depth uh, to their group. So that's step one for them, I think, is probably their plan. Well, and Jim Benning mentioned, and by the way, he's going to join the People's Show after uh, Craig and I are finished here. Uh, Jim Benning will be live uh, with Sat Randeep and Dan later on this afternoon, but he said as big as it was, to turn the team over, to bring in some new forwards, to build up their depth on defense. Dixon, they needed cap flexibility because two very important pieces still yet to be signed in Pedersen and Hughes. And that's probably what made this offseason way more challenging for Jim Benning than he's ever had to deal with, especially as a GM in the league, 
now here in Vancouver. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, a lot of people can look and say, okay, what changes and what improvements have they made for September, which is what, you know, the first thought is. Uh, uh, But at the end of the day, the management's got to look at how does this affect us moving forward for the next two, three, four years? What guys do we have to make sure we have room for? What guys do we want to keep here long term? And how do we do that under the current financial situation? So there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that they've, they've improved their group uh, to this point. Dixon Ward joining us, uh, former NHLer and current uh, VP at uh, the Okanagan Hockey Group, uh, in charge of hockey up there. Dixon, um, uh, Jim Benning also suggested that when it came to Yarrow Halak, bring him in. He he talked to Ian Clark, and that was the guy he wanted. When he talked about bringing back Brandon Sutter on on a, on a good contract, you know, he said that Travis trusts him, and he's a leader in the group. I mean, you've been on a number of different teams, bringing in some guys with some experience, but also, I guess, listening to the coaches and hearing what they have to say would would empower them and and maybe empower the team as well. That Jim Benning just isn't doing all this in a vacuum. Well, no, and you'd be you'd be irresponsible to do it in a vacuum when you have the uh, the kind of people that that they have and the connections and the knowledge and the experience with certain players around the league that they have. You have to lean on those on those people. So obviously, Ian's quite familiar with every goaltender. Um, he likes the history of Halak. He likes the consistency that he's put forward. And he thinks he can be a guy that can run with it. No different with uh, with Sutter, and and you know they know him very well. They know what he offers. They know that what they've done to surround him with with uh, more depth, and and which will raise his game as well. And so, uh, I like the signing. I, I think leadership is is a key. I like veteran leadership. Here's a guy that gives you uh, gives you the same thing every single time he steps on the ice. So, I I'm uh, was happy to see they re-signed him, and I think they've added some some key pieces to help him. Canucks alumni Dixon Ward joining us here on Sportsnet 650. You know, I, I want you to go back in time if you can, Dixon, because for our listeners that aren't aware, you, you were a member of the Canucks coming out of North Dakota University. You got traded to L.A., then you got traded to Toronto. But the rest of your stops along the way in your career came when you had to sign free agent contracts. Is that from a player? And as if you go back, you were established, you were in the league, but you had been moved from team to team. Now you were in a spot where you were looking to find a home. How, how stressful or was it stressful for you back then? <laughs> well, it was, it was always stressful. I mean, it, uh, even when you, even when you were, you know, I spent five years in Buffalo and every year there was stressful because you're fighting for your job every day. And, uh, the days of, uh, you know, there was no cap. So you were, it was a wild west back then, as far as contracts go, you sign a one-year deal, you sign another one-year deal, another one-year deal. And it just goes on from there. And you're looking for a spot. You're never good enough to stay one place forever. Not bad enough that someone else didn't want you. So that's the way I looked at it. And you're always looking for an opportunity. And, and, uh, that was the way it was not so much anymore these days. I mean, guys are locked in for longer term deals and, a little more consistency, but as you can see today, there's a lot of, a lot of action happening. A lot of guys are still waiting around to see if they're going to get a deal, and they'll be waiting around till September. A lot of them, so it's stressful for those guys. There's no question about it. And the guys that get done day one uh, are are sitting back, going, "Thank God that's over, and let's move on." And that's the way it works. That's the game. 
Dixon, anything jump out at you today outside of uh, in Canuckville? You know, Dougie Hamilton goes to the Islanders. You know, Hyman, as expected, goes to the Oilers. Any anything that really caught your fancy? And and hey, you know, you thought that team got a little bit better. I think I think Seattle uh, did some good things for sure. I, I'm a really big fan of Jaden Schwartz. I thought that was a great signing. He's still got a lot of good hockey left in him, and he's a veteran leader. He's got a Stanley Cup in his pocket. He's a very consistent player. He's a legitimate top six guy in the league. I think that was a, a real good move. That's the one I liked a lot. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff. There's some stuff I didn't so much like, but uh, there was some there were some the deals that uh, time will tell. Montreal uh, went out there and did a few things, and and we'll see how they did. They have to replace a couple guys, and obviously the hole for Shea Weber is impossible to replace, but um, they were trying to, to bolster that up again. And I, I noticed there was a good market for the big heavy D all of a sudden three years ago it was the little guys that could skate. Now that everybody wants the big heavy D, so it changes every few years. So that was what, what I thought interesting around the league. All those D got signed pretty early. Well, the other thing, and, and we'll get a final tally here when all is said and done, but I, I can't remember in one single day this number of this high a number of goalies being swapped from team to team. I mean, the Canucks went out and got a goalie in Halak because uh, they decided to buy out Holtby. He then winds up going to Dallas, and then it's just a big domino effect around the league. Like, nearly every team, it seems, has made a goaltending transaction. Does that surprise you? Uh, no, it doesn't. And, uh, and, and you know, I have a good friend of mine, a uh, guy by the name of Eli Wilson, a long-term goalie coach who was in the NHL for a long time. Uh, he's my neighbor. We chat about this a lot, and we, and we talked about it before the draft. And I don't know if it's worth drafting goalies high anymore because there's such a rotation that goes on between the ages of 25 and 35 of goaltenders that there's always solid NHL goalies on the market. So you're going to see that happen more often, I think, where teams are just uh, – you know, if they're not happy with their guy or if the number's not right for their guy, they, they know they got somebody else they can go get that's a legitimate goaltender. So uh, you're going to see that happen a lot more, in my opinion, over the next uh, few years because there's a lot of good goalies in the world right now. Dixon Ward joining us. Uh, Dixon, Alex Edler uh, leaving the Canucks after 15 years. Um, you know, you could debate where he ranks as an all-time guy, but he, he goes down to L.A. and you, you've played some hockey down there. It's, it's, it's different, obviously, now than back then. But, you know, what's your thoughts on, on Edler and, and the Canucks finally parting ways? When I, I kind of had the thought that he might come back this way, but I guess with all the moves that Benning did on the back end, there just wasn't any room for him. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's all about room and 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 moving on and 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 there's still a market for him. Like I said, the big heavy D, you know, and Alex has never played that big physical game, but he certainly has range. He certainly has the experience. He certainly has the puck moving ability to still be effective. And and there's teams that need that. And obviously, LA did. Um, and the Canucks went in a different direction, but that's. Uh, that's the fun part. Now we get to sit back and analyze it for a couple of months and then uh, see what happens when the season starts in October and who was right and who was wrong. <laughs> well, Dixon, we uh, appreciate you doing this as always. Uh, thanks so very much. Uh, enjoy your time and uh, we'll catch up next week, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Dixon. Uh, Dixon Ward, uh, ex-Canuck, also works for the Okanagan Hockey Group up there. Fantastic organization. Does some great things with... Uh, young up-and-coming hockey players and some who obviously make the National Hockey League as well. And, and, and Joey, like, 
you know, you, you look at things and, and Edler moving on. Um, this is a different team now. The, this Canucks is a oh, different yeah. group. They have new players. Yeah, but what strikes me the most, and Jim Benning has said he's going to get some deals done for Pedersen Hughes, is that the core is still intact. It's a young, good, solid core, and it has to give people hope when you look at the, the top nine forwards. You know, now the, the that last fourth line with Sutter coming in, Mott, you know, they're, they're – they're going to play an aggressive, uh, be hard to play against on the puck style of hockey. It's just now whether the, the, the back end comes along with the forward group. Look, I mean, up front, Garland, Dickinson, Pod Colson, three important pieces for their respective roles for this team starting next season. On the back end, Ekman Larson, Poolman, Shen. Now, Shen's probably going to be designated as that six seventh defenseman. Um, Guys that are going to play important roles here moving forward. Halak, guy that's been around the block a long time in this league. Like, how many games is Thatcher Demko expected to be playing in a full 82-game season where he is now the guy? I think the days of a starting goalie in the NHL playing 65-plus games are done and dusted. Yeah, I mean, what did Halak play? About 20 last year? So you look at that, that might be a number 2025, 20, perhaps, yeah. especially with the travel. You, you can't discount that. And that's going to be the one thing for me with Halak is how he handles, you know, I think he was in St. Louis, but he's never really truly been on the West Coast. There's a lot of travel and wear and tear on an older body, but he's going to be a valuable piece. And, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised at some point we might not see Mikey DiPietro up here as well if that opportunity presents itself. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of new faces. And by the way, the Canucks just officially released uh, seven players. Uh, they announced the names of seven players who have signed two-way contracts. So unless these guys really knock the uh, feet out from under management and, and blow them away with their play in camp, most of these guys are destined to play in Abbotsford. But Kyle Burrows, Phil DiGiuseppe, Sheldon Drees, Nick Patan, Sheldon Rempel, John Stevens, and Devontae Stevens, different spelling for those latter two, they've all confirmed two-way contracts. So when you think about those guys, plus the players that were signed this morning, Halak, Hamannick, Poolman, Shen, Bailey, um, Hunt. Uh, like, this was a busy, busy time for Canucks Brass. I don't know if they were, were, were most people expecting them to be this busy. I, I, Plus, they've still got Pedersen, Hughes, Dickinson, and Yolevi to sign. Yeah, I I would say, Joe, they, they needed to obviously get Abbotsford up and running. And For sure. going local, to buy local. Listen, I'm excited to see a Kyle Burroughs. You know, there's a, a guy who could find his way up here if, if the need arises. Nick Patan, good signing as well, in my opinion. Uh, very dynamic. You know, maybe ran out of uh, runway in Winnipeg, but someone that, you know, perhaps has he's got the NHL pedigree. He could come in and, and help out if the, if the injuries occur or whatever. So by restocking things and looking at it, you know, it, it's going to obviously help them sell some tickets in Abbotsford because a lot of these guys are local. But also, you know, the, the, the business of, of getting this done and getting it done early is pretty smart by the Canucks. And I, and I don't think, too, we can discredit, Joe, the fact that the relationship between Vancouver and Abbotsford, the ability to get coaches out there, Absolutely. eyes out there, all that sort of stuff is, is in my opinion, going to help the development of that group as well. Uh, G, the Greek, uh, sent in this. Simple text. No toughness, no chance. And you know what? There's one element 
of the team that if and there's so many people that clamor for you got to be tougher come playoff time you've got to be a tough now you first of all you got to get to playoff time but when you get there you've got to be a harder team to play against and but, but being hard to play against is different than toughness in my opinion you know you, you Zach McEwen could give it a little bit of edge you know Sutter has has shown that he can lay the body around and play bigger than what he is listen that you know the the Tampa Bay Lightning weren't the toughest team in the world and by no means am I suggesting the Canucks are the Tampa Bay Lightning but they were skilled but they were hard to play against because they're on pucks they're tenacious right it's almost like you're a pain in your derriere like that sort of approach and that like you 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 can be successful playing hockey. Kind of the hallmark well. of what Vegas has been their first couple of years, right? Not, And I've got one of the big heavyweights in Ryan Reeves, and that certainly helps. But when he's not on the ice, that was a miserable team to play against when the chips were down, to use a Vegas punt. Like, that, that's, that's, a, that's a team that plays tough, team tough. Yes, they've got a, a nuclear weapon there to throw over the boards at any time to strike fear in the heart of the opposition, but... That's a miserable team to play. Ask any team in the Western Conference that's had to go against Vegas um, because they have that strength and, and the physical brand of hockey that makes them a, a legit contender year after year. Yeah, and Dixon Ward, uh, you know, rightly pointed out about the heavy D. Seems to be in vogue because you look at the the final four teams, they all had big back ends and were, were extremely tough to play against. Well, Joe, I... I can't thank you enough for stepping in today here on Bick and the Boss. Not Joey a problem. Kenward. Uh, appreciate your insight, uh, intelligence, and, and comments. Uh, of course, NHL signing season on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by Black & Lee's Summer Warehouse Sale. Buy one, get one half off all suits. Details at blackandlee.com. The People Show is just around the corner with Dan Sat and Randeep. And boys, is it loaded? Uh, Jim Benning, uh, Brandon Sutter, Luke Shen, and, oh, yeah, some guy by the name of Dan Murphy will also stop by as well and join the guys. So this is a wrap for Bick and the Boss here on a very busy free agent frenzy Wednesday. Uh, thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.